Welcome to the St. Gabriel Catholic Radio Weekly Faith Dialogue with Bishop Robert J. Brennan, Bishop for the Diocese of Columbus for the fourth week of Easter. Welcome, Your Excellency. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Now, over the weekend, we had a little bit of a surprise on Good Shepherd Sunday. We have a new saint. Indeed. Yes. Um, well, a new saint uh, coming up, the uh, uh, Blessed Margaret of Costello is going to be uh, canonized. We'll celebrate her canonization on September 19th in um, Costello. But um, it's great news for us here. There's a local connection. She she was a uh, 13th uh, into the 14th century saint, but she's venerated right here in Columbus um, at St. Patrick Church. Uh, So there were relics of St. Margaret there, and there's a, a little shrine and um, and there's a great movement. In fact, I, the principal movement in the United States is centered here in um, St. Patrick in Columbus. So this is a day of great joy for us. Um, Blessed Margaret was a, 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 a was born into a pretty comfortable family, a well a well off family, and um, but she was severely disabled. Um, you might even use the word deformed. I mean, she was she had all kinds of issues and terrible sufferings. Um, and the sad story of Blessed Margaret is she was abandoned. Her parents um, kind of first they kind of hid her, kept her hidden, and then they took her try seeking a miracle. And when there wasn't a miracle, um, they uh, abandoned her. They just left her at the doors of a church and. Uh, she was given some sympathy by the community as she was taken care of, and then she herself became a Dominican sister and um, and was known for her joy, her cheerful uh, demeanor, her calmness, her care for so many other people while she had was she was suffering, she reached out to those who were suffering and gave hope so blessed Margaret is sort of a patron for those who are rejected, marginalized, forgotten. Um, And so she becomes a very important saint because let's be honest, in this day and age, so many feel isolated and rejected in many, many ways. So um, hail the good, 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 Good news on um, on the actual canonization. She's being recognized. There was a great veneration, and that veneration is being recognized in September. Mm. Now, um, you can make that pilgrimage right here in Columbus. Isn't that amazing? You go to St. Patrick's Parish where her relics are being held. That's right. If you go sort of to the back of the church, there's a little shrine area. And uh, and yeah, there's, there, like, there's a... a, a I don't know if it's a mural or how, how you would describe it, but there's something on the wall that gives the story of her life. It, it's it's really um, well worth getting to know Blessed Margaret to soon to be Saint Margaret. Now on they good call her Little Margaret. Uh, little Margaret. Often, yeah, she's called uh, affectionately Little Margaret. Mm. Now on Good Shepherd Sunday, it was also a, a day for us to remember what a a true vocation or a priest uh, or religious is. Uh, that uh, Christ himself is the good shepherd, a good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Exactly. So we start there with uh, with Christ himself. He is our good shepherd. And what a profound reading we had this week. He, 
he 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 speaks about how he himself is a different kind of a shepherd. You know, sometimes the analogies in the Bible work because of similarities, but sometimes because of dis- difference. So he said, I'm a shepherd like no other shepherd, not like, not like the paid shepherds. I'm a good shepherd. Mm-hmm. You know, the paid shepherds, they're out there and they're doing good work and caring for the flock. But when the wolves appear, if it's them, or they, they can try to drive away the wolves. But when it comes down to the wire, if it's them or the, or the sheep, <laughs> guess who wins? Mm-hmm. But Jesus said, not me. And he not says me. that I'm, sh- I lay down my life for my sheep. I lay down my life for my sheep. And a good priest or a good religious does, in fact, do that. Exactly. You know, um, so today we, we, ce- we celebrate this week the particular vocations awareness on this Good Shepherd Sunday. And that, that is the call. And I'm so grateful for the priests who serve here in the diocese, but also the religious priest um, and uh, the religious um, brothers and sisters who, who, you're right, quite literally lay down their life. They hand everything over to the service of Christ and his church. And uh, it's, it's a powerful impact. They, they witness to Jesus risen, but they bring Christ to people who themselves feel forgotten or alone or in need or, or upset. Constantly, by laying down lives, we, 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 um, we, we witness to Jesus, the good shepherd, the good shepherd who laid down his life for his sheep. And he speaks about um, hearing his voice, and this sheep will know his voice. Precisely. And, now, and that's part of the call in terms of vocation, too. One of the great important tasks is to listen, to be attuned to the voice of the Good Shepherd, um, to, to hear his voice, to know it, to be able to filter out all the other noise and follow where he himself is calling. So... Today, I'm asking all who are listening, please, would you pray for vocations? Pray for our young people. It's so hard to grow up in the world today. And it's so hard for all of our young people, not only those discerning vocations. It's so hard for young people in the midst of all the noise and all the pressures to be able to hear the voice of Jesus, the voice of Jesus who loves them, who's really promoting their well-being, that life and life in abundance. And so um, so pray that we can f- help them filter out the noise. But in a particular way, pray for those discerning vocations that they may know and hear where Jesus is calling them um, to, on the one hand, lay down their life in the service of the gospel, but in another, to find their life anew, to find the path to true and eternal life um, and the joy of, of serving in 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 that vocation. So, uh, in, indeed, we pray for all of those in formation. Um, I had a chance to spend some time with our seminarians in these last couple of weeks. Um, they're doing their last few weeks online, um, having had a little break from Easter rather than going back and quarantining. Um, our guys are gathering here at St. Therese. They're taking their finals now. But it's been a time for us to focus locally on um, on on their formation and to pray with them and accompany them. Father Han, the uh, 
vocation director has been working very closely with them in these days. So let's pray that this is a moment of grace and helps them um, in their discernment, but also in their formation and their desire to serve as good priest. Now, you told me, mm-hmm. um, and I knew that the seminarians were out and about this weekend witnessing in some of the parish, but you told me you had some of the seminarians in your parish at Mass. Yeah, at St. Paul Parish, uh, we had Joey Ruland, and he gave a testimony at the end of the Mass. It was a beautiful testimony and just so free and open and um, heartfelt and confident. Um, he passed up a, a basketball scholarship to enter the seminary. He did. It's quite a compelling story. And he tells it, though, with great joy. It's not like, poor me, or look at mm-hmm. what I had to do. It's, he's, he's discovered real joy in following this vocation. I was uh, watching uh, somebody right in front of me, and, and the couple, they continue to just shake their head every time he said something beautiful, such as, you know, you follow the Lord with all of your heart, and they would just shake their head. I really felt like, what a blessing that we have parishioners that are praying for and support vocations, and it, it was a great confirmation to me. It wasn't just somebody talking to us about a vocation as if it was distant, but we're trying to interiorize that as uh, parishioners, and I think that's a great step for our diocese and, and our parish. It really is, and it, it, it's so inspiring. Um, there, there's a beautiful culture here in this diocese of people praying for and supporting vocations, sometimes very publicly, um, so that you know there might be a prayer at the end of Mass or something like that, or, or concerted efforts to pray for vocations. But just in general, I find it when I go for confirmations, I talk a little bit about vocations at the end. And sometimes different families will comment on it um, so in, in, in a positive way. And so there's a beautiful culture of promoting vocations. And this diocese has been very, very generous in response to vocations. We have wonderful people in formation, but we also have sent, if you will, um, a number of young people, men and women, to different religious voc- uh, orders. And that's such a, a, a gift to the, to the larger church. You know, over the weekend, too, I had the occasion um, to talk with the parents of a sister who, um, who entered into the order of, um, of the Home of Mary, uh, Sister Kristen Gardner. Her parents were at Mass this weekend, and uh, they had given me a book that uh, their daughter had written about Sister Claire Crockett, and uh, actually Dave Osborne in uh, St. Gabriel Radio was the first one who told me the story of Sister Claire, um, a young sister who died in uh, in an earthquake in Ecuador, I think, and um, and she, but she entered after having the tug, if you will, of a pretty rough life and the tug toward. TV and acting and things like that, and um, she she laid down her life um, in, in a different way, but brought so much joy. There's so much video available of her. But Sister Kristen is a local vocation. I'm so proud of her and of all the local vocations. And she brought the story to the world, and it's such a powerful story about vocation, about service, about the joy in serving God and bringing Christ to others. So um, it was really a delight to talk to her parents. And like I said, as I come across different religious orders and meet some of the people who have their roots here in Columbus, it never ceases to fill 
me with a, a, a sense of both um, happiness and a little bit of pride uh, 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 about the fruits of the, the, the church here in the Diocese of Columbus. And if you feel a vocation, I know that Father Hahn has talked about uh, gathering with himself and other um, individuals discerning a call to the priesthood. It's important to surround yourself with those who are yes. in the same boat, huh? We have two conversations. One is called um, the men is uh, the Melchizedek project, and uh, the women um, are work in a program called Avow, and the, these are conversations um, that they have about religious life. And not everybody in these groups is going to go on to become a priest or a sister, but what's happening is it's just honest conversation so that people can hear the voice of the Good Shepherd. So, indeed, let's pray for our vocations and uh, let's be happy and proud of the people, young people who are stepping forward. You know, uh, Bill, the, uh, the voice of the Good Shepherd also speaks to us um, in a very... Uh, particular way these days here where there's so much um, suffering and so much turmoil in the city of Columbus. Um, and you know, one of the things that the Lord calls on us, in all of us as Christians in a shepherding role, is to be like him, to listen. You know, Christ the Good Shepherd, uh, I love this image from Pope Francis, always walks ahead of the flock to lead in the midst of the flock, to listen and encourage, and at the back of the flock to kind of prod along, but also to pick up those who have fallen and seek out those who have lost. And right now, I'm, I, I'm so grateful for, again, the priest and religious, but really all the Christians, all the Catholic Christians who were just in, in a time of sorrow, we're seeking to listen deeply and carefully to one another. Um, the loss of any life is tragic in um, the in the mo, in, in the true true sense of the word tragic, um, but we also need, recognize the work that our police departments do, our law enforcement agents do, to protect the community, and um, and so we see that there are deeper issues here, and I think Christ the Good Shepherd is leading us and walking with us and listening to us, our concerns, our hurts, but also um, kind of taking us deeper, helping us to give a deeper reflection. So we pray, I pray, I pray for our city and our communities and for those who watch over and protect our communities. Um, these are tough days for those in law enforcement, and uh, and and we know that... Uh, I hope they know that so many of us, that we are indeed grateful and that we're praying in support. Bishop Brennan, could you close us with a prayer and a blessing? Let's proclaim the Easter prayer um, with our, uh, and, and rejoice and pray with our Blessed Mother. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Queen of heaven, rejoice, alleluia. For the Son whom you have privileged to bear, alleluia, has risen as he said, alleluia. Pray for us to God, alleluia. Rejoice and be glad, O Virgin Mary, for the Lord is truly risen. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Amen. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And thank you for joining us, Bishop Brennan, for this weekly Faith Dialogue on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio during this fourth week of Easter. And now we rejoin our regularly scheduled programming, Already in Progress.